I have three more words I'm going to be sharing with you as your senior pastor before we, we leave June 12th. And it's my prayer here to share with you before I, I, I share here. I pray that this word that I'm going to share with you this morning absolutely hits the bullseye. I'm going to share with you two scriptures and then we're going to preach here and pray. Colossians 3.16 says this. Let Christ's word with all its wisdom and richness live in you. Let Christ's word with all of its wisdom. The Bible, God's word is filled with wisdom. It says, let it dwell with richness and let it live in you. And then Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, when he's being tempted by the enemy, he said, he replied, it has been written, man shall not live and be upheld and sustained by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Now, uh, as you see here, we have underlined Word and bread. I want you to. I want you to underline that word bread. Bread, right there. What Jesus is talking about is is food. It's sustenance. It's what keeps our body going and growing. And the word, what Jesus is talking about, equals the scriptures, the Bible. So Jesus said, if you're going to live, if you're going to be sustained in life, you can't just live on physical food, you have to live and be sustained on God's Word. The Bible, the Scriptures, are God's Word for you and I. And this morning, uh, uh, I preached this a thousand times. I want you to get into the Word. I so want you to get into the Word. And not only do I want you to get into God's Word, but I want this Word to get inside of you. And I want to borrow a phrase from Pastor Chris uh, that I heard uh, say long ago. He says, not because we have to, but because we want to. I I, I know that there are people here this morning, as you begin to hear this, there are Bible readers, you're steady, you're solid, and you're in this. And then I know that there are people that are here this morning that really struggle when it comes to getting to God's Word. It's a struggle for you. And this word I want to share with you this morning, please Hang with me here today. In fact, let's pray right now. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, you put this on my heart for your sons and daughters, my brothers and sisters. And I pray, God, that you would give us revelation. Father, I pray that your word, God, would dwell richly inside of our hearts. Help us to hear, help us to see in the scriptures what you have for us today. It's in your name I want to pray. Amen. Two reasons I, I want you to get into the word and the word to get into you. Number one, uh, it will save you. The scriptures. Uh, now we think, of, we think of Jesus saving us and, uh, uh, and, and that would be absolutely true. Jesus is the savior. But we would also be, uh, it would be reminiscent and to know this, that in the beginning was the word, John chapter 1, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So Jesus is the word, and, uh, and he has a word for us here this morning. It will save us. It says, for you have been born again, by the way, for those who don't know, the entrance into God's kingdom, into heaven, you have to be born again. John chapter 3, John chapter 3, 3, and John chapter 3, 6. He says, if you want to see, if you want to enter into God's kingdom, you must be born again. It says here, for you have been born again. That is reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose, not of seed, which is perishable. It's talking about how life and how people get together and babies are made. He said, but from that which is imperishable and immortal, that is through the living and everlasting word of God. Probably why this word that I'm going to be sharing with you here this morning is so important to me. Many of you know uh, 
my testimony. You've heard it many a times. But I just take you back to 1978 in, uh, of April of reading in, my, in college uh, in my bedroom and reading the scriptures. And I've been just reading them for just a little while. And it was through reading the scriptures and specifically being in, in, in uh, Matthew chapter 7 right there. And it was like God's face was right there on the, on, on the scriptures and God's speaking to me and, and thinking all along that I was, because I was religious and I believed in him, that I was right with him. But God showed me very clearly, he says, Mike, you're not right with me. In fact, you're wicked. You're a liar. And he began to point out to me what I was. What I was. And, and, uh, and it scared me. And I, and I got on my knees. And it was, at the, it was in, it, through the scriptures and the warning that was coming from those that it was the first time in my life where I truly repented of my sins, confessed my sins to him. And there I was born again. And I felt God's presence, God's love and his like I had never, ever, in fact, it was the very first time I was born again. It was through this. So I want to say to you here this morning, whenever you're in God's word, especially for the right reasons, it is always good. It will save you. Number two, it will strengthen you. Jesus answered, go back with me to uh, verse four of Matthew chapter four, another translation. The scriptures say, no one can live only on food. People need every word that God has spoken. God has a word for you and I. God says we need every word that God has spoken to us, and it is through the scriptures that we find his word. If you feed on God's word, here's, here, here's, 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 the, here's the deal. If we feed on this, and I want you to see God's word here this morning as spiritual food. We are spiritual beings, and as spiritual beings, we have to be fed. And if you feed on God's word and you let it get in you, you let it grow you, you and I will grow stronger. Now, the opposite is true. You can be born again. Maybe you might not have had an experience like I, like I had when you became born again. I, everyone's different. But I know this word is for all of us. Jesus said you can't live on bread alone, but on every word of God. We need it. And if we are not feeding on this word on a on a daily basis, we get weaker. We get weaker and we get weaker. And I'm not saying that we're not Christians, but, I'm, but, but God would have us to be strong. Would anybody say amen to that? And there are a lot of weak Christians in the church today because they are not feeding on God's word. LifeWay Research did a huge survey on the Protestant church goers. And I, I was really encouraged. And they said this, in the survey, 90% desire to please and honor God in all they do. So people that are coming to Protestant churches that are, that, are, that are sitting in the chairs and in the pews, there's really a desire deep in their heart to really please God in all that they do. But here's something that was really startling. 19% personally feed on the Bible or read the Bible daily. The other 71% occasionally, once or twice a month, read the scriptures. Now, if you don't read the scriptures, it doesn't make you a bad person. But I would say this absolutely, it makes you a weak person. And you're going to see here through the scriptures. Uh, God would have us, as, as he said, man should not live on, on, on food alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. My freshman year, uh, I remember wrestling season, and uh, I had, had come from a family that was very involved in sports. I had been involved in wrestling, organized wrestling, uh, since I was in fourth grade. It had done very well, and uh, there were high expectations upon me to really succeed in this sport. It, uh, mainly, those were put upon by myself, and uh, I, I wanted to wrestle varsity. I didn't want to be on the JV squad, and, uh, and so in my freshman year, I weighed about 127 pounds. And the guy that was, uh, and you weighed uh, certain weight classes. And uh, the guy that weighed 127, he was a senior, phenomenal wrestler, much stronger than I was. And, uh, uh, and I just kind of figured, I, I, don't, I really don't think I can beat this guy. So I made a decision 
that I was going to cut weight, go from 127 down to 119. And uh, so that's eight pounds. And to lose eight pounds, uh, when you saw the frame in my body, I didn't, I, you didn't see uh, really a, a lot of fat there on my body. In fact, it was hell on my body trying to cut uh, eight pounds. And, and, and I, I made it, went down to 119. I beat out the person at, the, at that weight class. And I went into my very first match. And, uh, and I had been experienced. I mean, my moves, my, I was technically very sound, very fast. But I remember going into that match, I mean, and just like, and it was just going to be one match that evening against one opponent. And uh, I mean, I absolutely got wiped out that night, not because the guy was a better wrestler than me and knew more moves than me and more technically sound. But I remember just trying to handle this guy. I mean, he just overpowered me. I mean, I had, I could just, I, I had nothing physically there on a mat. And then I made a decision after that match, that I said, I, I don't care what happens. Uh, I'm going to eat. And uh, I, I, in fact, I like to eat. I mean, uh, and, and, uh, and, so, and I wanted, and, and football was becoming the new love of my life in, in terms of sports. And I said, I, I'm eating. And, 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 if, I, and if, I don't, if I don't, you know, wrestle varsity too bad, I'll wrestle JV. So it was on and off between this other guy. Some weeks I would wrestle him and he'd beat me. And other weeks I would beat him. So, uh, it, but it was, it was there, it was the food. And, and eating right was what sustained me and strengthened me. The same is true of God's word. 88% of this survey said of Americans own a Bible. 88%. 80% of those who own a Bible believe that the, that the scriptures, the, the Bible is sacred. It is a special book. It's a holy book. It's something that, that where God, it, it literally comes from God. 61% wish they read it more. And the average household has 4.4 Bibles. Now, what do I want to do here this morning is uh, I, I'm not going to be preaching to the choir here for those who are reading the scriptures. Uh, I'm so glad that you're doing it. Be- In fact, let me ask, how many would just say that reading the Bible has helped me in my walk with God? Can anybody ever say that? Okay, all right. Now, for those who are struggling, uh, I, I'm going to dedicate this here to you this morning uh, because I know, I, I, trust me, I know the reasons why people are not reading the scriptures. And, and I'm believing today that the scriptures are going to become alive to you. They're going to become relevant. They're going to become real. And you're going to come to a place where you say, I love God's word. So how do I get to that point where I just, I, I, I don't just have to do this, but I really want to do that. That's, that's my prayer here today, that you come to that point. We're going to talk about those things here this morning. Number one, I must develop an appetite for the word. I would venture to say that those who are here today that are struggling with God's word, you don't have a strong appetite for God's word. Okay, for, now, should we have an appetite for God's word? Well, absolutely, yes. Let's see what the scripture says. First Peter 2, 2 says this, like newborn babies, you should long for the pure milk of God's word. It will help you grow up as believers. And you can do this now that you have tasted how good the Lord is. Okay? Now, like newborn babies. So the Bible compares us that when we're born again, we're like newborn babies. And we're to, we're to desire the word. We're to have an appetite for God's word. Okay? Like a baby has for a mother's milk. Okay? Now, the question is, well... How do I get to that place? I don't really have a, a strong appetite for God's word. And I, I want to say this. You must develop an appetite. And it will come if you will take a couple steps. And we're going to talk about that here in just a few moments. Um, I want to read to you uh, a story. Is it okay I can read you a story? It's from one of my favorite books I've ever uh, read. It's called The Heavenly Man by Brother Yoon. I strongly recommend this uh, this book. Uh, I found myself after reading this years ago um, to, that praying for Christians that are throughout this world that are being persecuted 
for their faith. And Brother Yoon uh, was a, a believer in China, and he came to know the Lord uh, when he was 16 years old. And let me kind of just set the story. Uh, uh, very impoverished, he, him and his brothers had to beg for food. Uh, his father had cancer during this time in their life. And uh, so I want to kind of just give you context. I'm going to read to you a couple of pages. I want you to hear this in light of the scriptures of having an appetite for God's word. Now, remember, he says, you can do this now that you have tasted how good the Lord is. Well, he tasted and his family tasted how good. We're saying about that here this morning. You are good. At first, I really didn't know who Jesus was, but I'd seen him heal my father and liberate our family. I confidently committed myself to God who had healed my father and saved us. During that time, I frequently asked my mother who Jesus was. She told me Jesus is the Son of God who died on the cross uh, and taking our sins and sicknesses. He recorded all his teachings in the Bible. Okay? Now, let's go back to the beginning here. He says, we had hoped that my, my father would get better, but his condition worsened. My mother was under great pressure. Facing the dawning prospect of raising five children alone, she didn't know what would happen to us if father died. Things were so hopeless, she even contemplated suicide. One night, my mother was lying on her bed, barely awake. Suddenly, she heard a very clear and tender and compassionate voice say, Jesus loves you. She knelt down on the floor and tearfully repented of her sins and rededicated herself to the Lord Jesus Christ. Like the prodigal son, my mother came home to God. She immediately called our family to home and to pray to Jesus. She told us, Jesus is the only hope for Father. All of us committed our lives to God when we heard what had happened. When we... When, we then laid our hands on my father for the rest of the night. We cried out a simple prayer. Jesus, heal father. Jesus, heal father. The very next morning, my father found he was much better. For the first time in months, he had an appetite for food. Within a week, he had recovered completely and had no trace of cancer. It was a great miracle from God. We experienced revival in our family, and our lives took a drastic change. It was such a powerful time that today, almost 30 years after Jesus healed my father, all five of his children still follow God. I'm going to go to the next page. He said, at first, I really didn't know who Jesus was, but I, I'd seen him heal my father and liberate our family. I confidently committed myself to the God who had healed my father and saved us. During that time, I frequently asked my mother who Jesus truly was. She told me Jesus is the Son of God who died on the cross for us, taking all our sins and sicknesses. He, record, he recorded all his teachings in the Bible. I asked if there were any words of Jesus left that I could read for myself, and she replied, no, all his words are gone. There is nothing left of his teaching. This was during the Cultural Revolution when Bibles could not be found. From that day on, I earnestly wanted to have a copy of my own Bible. I asked my mother and fellow Christians what a Bible looked like, but no one knew. One person had seen some hand-copied scripture portions and song sheets, but never a whole Bible. Only a few old believers could recall seeing Bibles many years before. The word of God was scarce in the land. I was so hungry for a Bible. Seeing my desperation, my mother remembered an old man who lived in another village. This man had been a pastor before the Cultural Revolution. Together, we started out on a long walk to his home. When we found him, we told him our desire. We longed to see a Bible do you have one? He immediately looked fearful. This man had already spent nearly 20 years in prison for his faith. 
He looked at me and saw that I was so young and poor with tattered clothes and bare feet. He felt compassion, but still didn't want to show me his Bible. I don't blame him because in those days, there were very few Bibles in the whole of China. Nobody was allowed to read any book other than Mao's little red book. It caught, <laughs> if caught with the Bible, it would be burned and the owner's whole family would be severely beaten in the middle of the village. The old pastor simply told me, the Bible is a heavenly book. If you want one, you need to pray to the God of heaven. Only he can provide you a heavenly book. God is faithful. He always answers those who seek him with all of their heart. I fully trusted the pastor's words. When I returned home, I brought a stone into my room and knelt down on it every evening for prayer. I had just one simple prayer. Lord, please give me a Bible. Amen. At that time, I didn't know how to pray, but I continued for more than a month. Nothing happened. A Bible didn't appear. I went back to the pastor's house again. This time I went alone. I told him, I've prayed to God according to your instructions, but I still haven't received the Bible. I, I want so much. Please just show me your Bible. Just a glance and I will be satisfied. I don't need to touch it. You could hold it and I will be content just to look at it. If I could copy down some of the words, I will return home happy. The pastor saw the anxiety of my heart. He spoke to me again. If you're serious, then you should not only kneel down and pray to the Lord, you should also fast and weep. The more you weep, the sooner you will get a Bible. I went home, and every morning and afternoon, I ate and drank nothing. Every evening, I just had one small bowl of steamed rice. I cried like a hungry child to, the, to his heavenly Father, wanting to be filled with his word. For the next 100 days, I prayed for a Bible until I could bury it no longer. My parents were sure I was losing my mind. Looking back years later, I would say this whole experience was the most difficult thing I ever endured. And folks, when you read his story, he went through some major stuff. Then suddenly, one morning at 4 a.m., after months of begging God to answer my prayers, I received a vision from the Lord while kneeling beside my bed. In the vision, I was waking up, walking up a steep hill, trying to push a heavy cart in front of me. I was heading towards a village where I intended to beg for food for my family. I was struggling greatly because in my vision, I was hungry and weakened by constant fasting. The old cart was about to roll back and fall on me. I then saw three men walking down the hill <clears throat> the opposite direction. A kind old man who had a very long beard was pulling a large cart full of fresh bread. Two other men were walking on each side of the cart. When the old man saw me, he had great pity and showed me compassion. He asked, are you hungry? I replied, yes, I've had nothing to eat on my way to get food for my family. I wept because my family was extremely poor. Because of my father's sickness, we sold everything valuable to buy medicine. We had little to eat, and for years, we've been forced to beg for food from friends and neighbors. When the old man asked me if I was hungry, I couldn't help but cry. I never felt so such genuine love and compassion from anyone before. In the vision, the old man took a red bag of bread from his trolley and asked his two servants to give it to me. He said, you must eat it immediately. I opened up the wrapping and saw that there was a bun of fresh bread inside. When I put the bun in my mouth, it instantly turned into a Bible. Immediately in my vision, I knelt down with my Bible and cried out to the Lord in thanksgiving. Lord, your name is worthy to be praised. You didn't despise my prayer. You allowed me to receive this Bible. I want to serve you for the rest of my life. I woke up and started searching the house for the Bible. The rest of my family was asleep. The vision had been so real to me. When I realized it had only been a dream, I was deeply anguished and I wept loudly. My parents rushed to my room to see what had happened. They thought I had gone crazy because of all my fasting and praying. I told them about my vision, but the more I shared, the crazier they thought I was. Mother said, the day hasn't dawned yet, 
and no one has come to our house. The door is firmly locked. My father held me tightly with tears in his eyes. He cried to God, dear God, have mercy on my son. Please don't let him lose his mind. I'm willing to be sick again if it will prevent my son from losing his mind. Please give my son a Bible. My mother, father, and I knelt down and wept together, arm in arm. Suddenly, I heard a faint knock at the door. A very gentle voice called my name. I rushed over and asked through the locked door, Are you bringing the bread to me? The gentle voice replied, Yes, we have a bread feast to give you. Immediately, I immediately recognized the voice as the same I had heard in the vision. I quickly opened the door, and there standing before me were the two same servants, were the same two servants I had seen in the vision. One man held a red bag in his hand. My heart raced as I opened the bag and held in my hands my very own Bible. The two men quickly departed into the darkness. I clutched my new Bible to my heart and fell down on my knees outside the door. I thank God again and again. I promised Jesus from that moment on, I would devour his word like a hungry child. I later found out the names of those two men. One was Brother Wayne and the other Brother Son. They came from a village far away. They told me about an evangelist who I had never met. He had suffered terribly for the Lord during the Cultural Revolution and had nearly died while being tortured. About three months before I had received my Bible, this evangelist had received a vision from the Lord. God showed him a young man to whom he was to give his hidden Bible. In the vision, he saw our house and the location of our village. Like many Christians at the time, the old man had placed his Bible inside a can and buried it deep in the ground, hoping a day would come when he could dig it up and read it again. Despite this vision, it took the evangelist a few months before he decided to obey what the Lord had told him to do. He asked two other Christian men to deliver it to me. Then they walked throughout the night to reach my home. From that moment on, I prayed to Jesus with faith-filled prayer. I fully trusted the words in the Bible were God's words to me. I always held the Bible. Even when I slept, I laid it on my chest. I devoured its teachings like a hungry child. Anybody want to say amen to that? Isn't that an awesome story? A newborn baby that doesn't nurse at its mama's breast or suck on a bottle is a baby uh, that's not growing or a baby that's in trouble. Here, Brother Yoon, at 16 years of age, saw the value of God's word, knew that God had something for him. He had an appetite, obviously, for God's word. And, and because of that, God had so blessed his life. I so encourage you to read the story. Psalm 119 says this, verse 37, Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Turn my heart toward your statues. I would venture to say here in this room for those who are on the computer screen, those who are watching uh, TV, there are many things that we have time for that I would venture to say all of us here in this room that are worthless. That I'm not saying necessarily evil, and obviously, there's many evil things that come across our screen and on ET, but there are things that are absolutely worthless that do us no good. And I would encourage you right here, for those who are struggling here to read the scriptures, I would, I would take you to go to Psalm 119, and I would encourage you to pray this prayer as the, as the writer of Psalm, in fact, all of Psalm 119, it's the longest Psalm in all the Bible. It's all about God's word and the value and how it's loved. And he says, turn my eyes away from worthless things and turn my heart towards your statues. So number one, how do, I, how do I get into God's word where it can become real and relevant? Begin to make some adjustments and say, you know what? There's too many things that I'm watching that at the end of the day, it doesn't help me to grow. It doesn't help me to connect with God. So ask God to help you to develop 
and appetite for his word. Number two, I must approach the word with humility. Now, for those of you who have struggled, I want to encourage you when you get this in your hand or you're, you're on your device, you're on your phone, and you're going to read it through, through or the computer, wherever it is, handle this word and come before him and this word with humility. The scriptures say here in Psalm 119, verse 18, it says, Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. When it's talking about the law, it's talking about the scriptures. Cause me to understand the way of your precepts that I may meditate on your wonderful deeds. So the writer is, is coming before God humbly. He said, God, help me to see with my eyes, Lord, what I need to see. Okay, help me to understand and open my eyes. Your precepts, these are the scriptures, that I may meditate on your wonderful deeds. The, there was something, write this word down, they were called the scribes. The scribes were, before the printing press, uh, the scriptures, uh, what they would do, there, were, there were, were not many copies of the scriptures. And what the scribes would do, they had such reverence for God's word that when they were, when they were copying the scriptures from, uh, onto, onto the paper and writing them down, whenever they came across the Lord's name, uh, they, would, they would put their pen down and they would bow their head and they would pray and then pick up the scriptures. I want to encourage you here this morning, for those who are here, look at this book and treat it with great humility. This is God's gift to you and I. Don't come, don't come before him and don't come before the scriptures just laissez-faire. Uh, I encourage you to come with a humble heart and say, God, uh, and it was the greatest advice that my mom gave to me. She gave me a Bible for a, a Christmas present. And she said, Mike, pray this prayer. God, show me what I need to know about you. And I, and, I, and I just say confidently to you, when you come before him with a humble heart, God, would you just show me, Lord, what I need to know? God, I want to meet you, Lord, here in the scriptures. Number three, I must accept its authority. Okay, I must accept the scriptures as the authority in my life. Not man's wisdom, not man's ways, but I recognize that, that the Bible is the authority in my life. I've got to come to that place where the scriptures are the number one authority in my life. And we hear this argument, how can it be the authority? How can the scriptures be the authority if the scriptures were written by man? The Bible isn't God's word, it's man's word. Okay, we've heard it and it's been under assault for the last hundred years. It's just something that was written by man. So because it was written by man, we can't trust it. But here's what happens. And I know that this is coming from the enemy. His, his goal, trust me, he so wants to keep you away from the scriptures. There's a number of uh, different reasons. But here's what happens when we, when we, when we just to say, you know what, I, I'm not sure about the scriptures. We go back to Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. We begin to live our way. We live in our own wisdom, our own intellect, and our own strength. And we end up in a place of death. I want to ask you this question here this morning for those who may be struggling. How do you view God's uh, word, the scriptures? How do you look at it? Do you look at it as just maybe a good book? It's got some good stories in there. Hey, there's some really good wisdom in here. Or do you really see it as God's holy word? Is it something, just good ideas? Or is it God's word? Because if it's God's word, you, God's called you to accept its authority. Uh, our two boys that we adopted from China, uh, and we have two other girls that are living at home. And when we leave, they're our babysitters. And, uh, and it's been a little bit difficult at times. We let them know that, that, that Amy and Christy uh, are in charge. And when they tell you to do something, you're to go ahead and to obey them, Okay. And I said, do you understand that? Yes, we do, Dad, and Samuel and Josiah. But there's just something about it uh, that when they look to, 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 their, to their sister or whatever, someone that, you know, they're not, you know, they have this mindset. They're not really 
in charge, you know. It, it's mom and dad who's really, and so sometimes they, they get defiant. They say, I'm not listening to you, you know. And we come back home and we get a word, how were they? Well, Sam and, you know, and Josiah, I mean, they were, they were good sometimes, but there were a lot of times they weren't listening to us. And there's just something that, that the parents' weight, how many know that the parents' weight sometimes holds more weight than the babysitter? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, this holds weight over anybody else's word. Uh, anybody here on earth, the wisest, smartest person, this holds the greatest weight. It is our authority. Well, I don't understand it. This is, there's, there are people that say, well, I, I read the scriptures and I don't understand it. And it's just so hard to accept. Listen, I, I don't understand all of how digestion works, but I still eat every day, okay? And so do you. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Mark Twain said this, it ain't the parts of the Bible that I can't understand that bothers me. It's the parts that I do understand. I want to say to this, for those who are here this morning, 2 Timothy 3.16, one of the most pivotal scriptures about the scriptures. It says, God has breathed life into all scripture. It is useful for teaching us what is true in the world that says there's no absolutes. The Bible totally debunks that. Okay, it, it is useful for teaching us what is true. It is useful for correcting our mistakes. Amen. We all make a lot of mistakes. And it is useful for making our lives whole again. It is useful for training us to do what is right. Write this down. In the Bible, there were about 40, 40 writers, but there was only one author. The scriptures are God breathed. Men held the pen, but God was speaking through them as they were writing down the holy writ, the holy words. First Thessalonians 2.13 says this, We never stop thanking God for the way you received his word. You heard it from us, but you didn't accept it as a human word. You accepted it for what it really is. It is God's word, and it really, and it is really at work in you who believe. If you have your Bible here this morning, I want you to underline that word received. It's really an interesting word there in the Greek. It, it, write this down. It means to welcome a stranger. It, it's like when a stranger knocks on the door, you, and, and especially it was huge back in those days, hospitality, someone knocked on your door, and, and they had need, uh, you would open up the door and you would welcome them. Come on in. Uh, uh, what we have is yours. And, and this is exactly what God is calling us to, to do. We are to welcome God's word into our lives. And if you welcome it into your lives, okay, you read it, you meditate on it. And if you accept it and welcome it, it works. Does anybody want to say amen to that one? Okay. Number four, I must assimilate it's truth into all my life. I must spread it out into all areas of my life. How do I do that? Two ways. Number one, by listening to it. God calls us to listen to his word. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, so then faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. When we hear God's word, and we, we come into a place where we're, we're hearing the teacher, the preacher, the evangelist. They're teaching, they're preaching, they're explaining the scriptures. One of the byproducts that if we come with a hungry heart, a heart that says, I, I see God's word, this is a meal that is for me, I can grow from that. One of the, the byproducts of it is that faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. And Lord knows we need faith, especially in these last days. There's many things that are coming upon us that would try to steal our faith. In fact, it's one of the three great pillars. And now these three 
remain faith, hope, and love. And your faith will be under assault. One of the ways that we can keep our faith strong is by hearing God's word uh, on a a daily basis, especially on a weekly basis, okay? And we think of here, we think of Sundays. We think of the Sabbath. Uh, This is a place where we can gather together and and we we can celebrate, we can worship, and we can hear God's word. And one of the saddest things that has happened over the last eight to 10 years, a major shift that has happened in the church. People that used to go to church on a regular basis, three to four times a month, it's now gone down to two a month. Those who would go maybe a couple times a month will come to church once a month. What's happening? People aren't hearing God's word. And what has happened in the church Okay, uh, people don't value the word as much as they used to. They see church as something that is very optional. And trust me, folks, I don't like legalism. In fact, that was probably Jesus when it came to the Sabbath uh, and, and resting. I mean, Jesus was totally for uh, taking a rest, ceasing from your, from your work that day. And, and, uh, and, but listen, a, a Jew who, who loved God would cease from his work. He would gather with his brothers and sisters. They would worship. They would hear God's word taught. And I would encourage brothers and sisters, I, 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 I'm not saying that you're sinning, but I want to encourage you to do what Jesus did. Jesus, it said here uh, in Luke chapter 4, verse 16, it says, He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. It was Jesus' custom to go ahead and to gather with brothers and sisters to hear God's word taught. What happens when God's word taught? Faith comes and, and, and it fills our hearts to go ahead and face our weeks. So we, how, do we, how do we get strong? How do we assimilate it into our lives and, and get strong? We do that by listening to it. Now we have, not only can we hear it on Sundays, but we have such a privilege we can hear it on radio, TV, the internet, uh, CDs, all kinds of ways where we can be growing to hear God's word. But I would say this, if this is your church, and I would say this wherever you may be, your local church where God has planted you, God is bringing you a word for you that week. Don't miss that. I mean, listen, find out a way to say, I, I'm, I, I am, this, this is important enough for me. This is, I, I was living this, and I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back. Sundays were not an option for me. It was before I was a Christian, but it was not. A, I, I, in fact, I love going to church. I love to hear God's word preached and explained. I knew I would grow from it. I knew I would be encouraged by it. I encourage everyone here in this place to, to change and to repent of the attitude and say, well, I really, I'd rather go golfing. I would rather go fishing. I would rather go ahead and do this. I would encourage you, make adjustments. If you're on vacation, okay, I, I would find a place, go worship. And if you don't, get your device out and with your family, let's, let's read the scriptures together, but let's, let's treat God's word with honor and respect. Would anybody say amen to that? So we, 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 we're, how, how, do we, how do we get to this place to where I, I will love God's word? I will welcome him in my life. Number one, I will assimilate it. And number two, by reading it. Write these thoughts down. By reading it. So first of all, I want to say to those who are here today, I don't know if you don't have a Bible, but uh, first of all, get your own Bible. Uh, this isn't my preach. I have my preaching Bible, but I also have my own personal Bible. This is my Bible. I love this Bible. It's a. I had, in fact, I had another Bible prior to this. It was, it was so worn out. Pages were falling out, and uh, uh, I mean, it, it was. I had it for for a couple of decades. But I want to encourage you get your. And by the way, I would say a paper Bible. And you're saying, well, wait a second, Pastor. I like to read the scriptures on the computer screen. Nothing wrong with that, okay? But studies show that we retain more and understand more by what is written on paper versus the screen, okay? Now, I didn't know the address of where all, uh, there was a particular scripture verse I was looking for, but because I kept on going over it, I read the scriptures, the same one maybe hundreds of times, I could go ahead and say, okay, yeah, that's in Philippians. Yeah, it's right there about that spot on the page. 
And there's this something that happens inside of our mind and in our heart when we're reading the scriptures. And so I would encourage you, get, get a paper Bible, okay? Number two, get a Bible that you can understand. This has been one through the years I've been a pastor. I, I, I read the Bible and they say, I can't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. And uh, I says, does it have a lot of thous? And, 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 and I said, yeah. I says, well, listen. I said, you're reading a wonderful copy, a, a translation of the Bible, but was translated back in 1611, okay? The King James Version. I said, many people come to know God. I says, but we don't speak in that language anymore. And so I would encourage you to get a, a Bible that you can understand that, that, when, that was translated into our common English vernacular. A couple of good scriptures, I mean, uh, translations, NIV, the New Living Translation, the New American Standard Bible, all great translations. Uh, number three, here, here's, here's for the ones who are struggling. You say, man, I read the Bible and I, I don't get very much out of it. I, I, I don't understand it. Get a, a teaching Bible. Okay, I have this one. It's called the Life Application Bible. Um, I, I have the scriptures right here and down below. Uh, it gives commentary, uh, on, not on the whole thing, um, but on some of the very important scriptures and verses right there. It gives a little bit, explains it, but it also it, it says, this is how you can apply it to your daily life. I would encourage you, uh, it's, it's a great uh, Bible. It's, this is NIV, the Life Application Bible, the Spirit-Led Bible. There's a number of different teaching Bibles. You can go ahead, Google it online, okay? And I promise you, as you begin to read the scriptures and you're saying, God, would you just, you have that heart. God, help me to understand your scriptures, Lord. What do I need to see, okay? And then number, number four, set aside a very specific time. I want to say make an appointment with God every day and set aside a time that you're going to be in his word. Make an appointment. And I want you to understand the purpose. One man said this, the purpose of the Bible is not to know facts and figures. It's that we might hear, see, and know God. Remember, this is God's words to you. He's speaking to you one of the, one of the main ways that God speaks to us. Listen to this. As I was standing earlier this week and I was there by my dresser getting some clothes and, and God was just speaking this so clearly to me. He says, Mike, he says, I want to speak to, to my sons and daughters. He says, but I'm calling them, I'm calling them to get into my word. And I believe this, that if we will be faithful to, to open up the scriptures and God said, Lord, speak to me. God will begin to speak so many things to you about life and about your own life. But then there's going to be some very specific things that are not found in the scriptures that God wants to speak to you by his spirit. But if we're not going to be faithful, you know, I've been praying, I've been asking for direction, but have you been faithful to the scriptures? Have you been into these? Because God has something that he wants to share with you. So set aside a time each day. Number five, get a Bible reading plan. Don't, don't do this. Don't just do this. Okay, right there. Don't just, you know, just flip up. Okay, I, you know, all right, here I am. Jer Jeremiah chapter 39. I want to encourage you to get into a very strategic Bible reading plan. Um, if you're a brand new Christian and you maybe don't know very much uh, about Christianity, about God, I want to encourage you, first of all, start in the New Testament. Start with the Gospels. This, the Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's the story of Jesus and his words and his life and how he changed people's lives. Get into the Gospel of Mark, 16 chapters. Uh, it, it's awesome. And, and, uh, and, and then maybe the book of Acts, that's how the church started off. But I want to encourage you, get a very specific Bible reading plan. I would encourage you to start off with the Old Testament because if you start off in the Old Testament, you get caught up in Leviticus and some of the dietary laws. I think you might, you might go, what in the world is this about? And find yourself, well, this isn't relevant for me. No, get a specific Bible reading plan. In fact, you can go to a number of different websites. Go to YouVersion, the Bible right there. They'll give you a specific Bible reading plan. In fact, I would encourage everyone to do this, to try to read the Bible in one year. It's possible. You can read four chapters a day, okay? You always have time for what is most important. You make time. I, want, I encourage you, if you make time for the Scriptures, four chapters a day, you, just watch your life take off like a rocket, See how strong you get, okay? 
Number, number six, don't read the Bible, let it read you. Let me say this again, write this down. Don't read the Bible, let it read you. It's compared to like a mirror, okay? And it will show you not only uh, what you are like, but it will show you what you can become. And God will show us, yeah, this is something I want to work in your life, uh, but I want to show you this is how you do it, and this is what you can, can become through the Spirit and through Christ. So here it is. I read it. I listen to it. Okay, so if I want to, if I want to get into a place where I want the Bible in my life, I, I do this because I, I don't have to because I want to. Here it is. I must develop an appetite, approach it with humility, accept its authority, assimilate its truth into all my life, and last of all, I must apply the word to my life. I must apply it to my life. Let me read to you. <clears throat> James chapter 1, the last scripture. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. That is so true. He just totally described human nature. Why do we keep on going back to the mirror? We, did, he, did, we, did we look a little bit better than we did five minutes ago? You know, we, here it is. He says, we, we forget what we look like, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law, which is God's word, that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So the Bible says right here, he says, don't be just a hearer of God's word and a reader of God's word. Do what it says. Please let me share with this as one of my, I so, I so want you blessed. I so want you blessed. You have no idea how much I want you blessed. And I'm absolutely convinced, 100%, that if you will go to the Scriptures on a regular basis and see it as your spiritual food, I'm not going to just live on food, but this is my meal for the day. The Scriptures, I'm going to feed on it. I'm going to chew on it. I'm going to meditate on it. I am not only going to do this, but God, work this into my heart. God, help me to apply this to my relationships. Help me this to apply this to the insecurities and the fears and the sin issues, Lord, that are in my life. Watch your life get blessed. And I want to say this, not only do I want to see you blessed, but God wants you blessed. That's God's nature. God's nature is to bless. It's always to bless. But he says, here's the way. Chew on my word. Feed on my word. Accept my word. And do my word and watch your life change. Charles Spurgeon said this, and then we're going to pray. A Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. Let's pray.